This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life, martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guests' grants into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Devine Show. Hoo-yah. Hey, guys. We have an exciting car cast. Uh, another one from this week. We've got our good friend Gordon McCall joining us. He's going to tell us all about the Motorlux event, which was formerly the Jet Center and the Quail, and his background and how he got into all of this stuff during Monterey Car Week. Before we get started, here's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. Uh, no Adam Kroll today. Yeah, he's, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. He's off filming something, I think. So we're going to, uh, we're going to get along without, without him. We're going to welcome our guest, Gordon McCall from uh, the Quail events, the Jet Center events, and a number of other things. Uh, yeah, we can, uh, get into a few other things. I don't know if you guys have, um, heard about this event, but, uh, uh, Grid Life is doing an event at Lime Rock. It's uh, the Circuit Legends at Lime Rock. It is um, – it's going to be kind of a cool event. So unfortunately, it's happening the same time that Monterey Car Week is happening. So we won't be able to get out there, uh, out to Lime Rock. But they asked to send a car. Uh, they were asking for a car of 1985 or newer. So we – I kind of walk through the collection over here to figure out what would be a good car. And I think what would be interesting, if you guys are out there and you haven't seen this car yet, we're going to send Paul Newman's 1989 Oldsmobile Cutlass. It's the, I believe it's the V6 car with the Pepsi livery on it um, that he – Pretty sure he's got some track time up at uh, at Lime Rock with it. So we needed something pre eighty five, something Newman would be fun. Something uh, Lime Rock history would be interesting. So I thought that would be kind of a a cool car to send out there. So uh, check it out, Grid Life. Um, their website, um, I think it's Grid Life. I'm not quite sure, but uh, just Google Grid Life. Uh, 
Circuit Legends, and you'll be able to find that. I think you can buy tickets. You can go check that out. It should be a cool event. I wish we could make it, but there's just – especially around this time of year, there gets to be so many different events going on that it's tough to, to get to them all. That's the website, grid.life. All right. Yeah, that's the website. Uh, yeah, it should be kind of interesting. And then this past weekend, I went over to the Hot Wheels Legends Tour, and uh, you guys have heard about this stuff before. They 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 kind of go around the country, and in some cases around the world. And a bunch of people show up with their cool cars, these uh, cars that they've built, uh, and then they get judged with the hope of the winner would basically – get their car made into a Hot Wheels car, which is always kind of cool. Adam and I have judged a few of these. Um, You'll see Leno's on it quite a bit. He usually is part of the finale episode. Uh, We did it with him at at SEMA a couple years ago as well. We went out to the headquarters hill here in El Segundo and and judged it a few times. And uh, during the – Pandemic stuff. I think we hosted maybe it was the semifinale leading up to Leno's. Um, so we picked like the top eight cars. Uh, Adam and I judged the hosted the live stream, but it's a cool event to go to. So they're back here at the Mattel headquarters in El Segundo near LAX, and it it, it pulls a crowd. It's a cool event. There must have been three hundred cars. And I think they were expecting upwards of ten thousand people, and there's some there's some really over the top cars. There's some that are that are little less over the top. There's some wild over the top cars with with just kind of things that the, the idea is like, yeah, we can go build a really cool Mustang, or you can set yourself up on a nice set of wheels and a drop and a nice wrap on your you know, Ferrari 488 or something. But this is meant to be more kind of creative, home-built, really kind of break the mold in creativity. So when you scale it down to a Hot Wheels car, what would, you know, what would you want to play with? What would kids want to play with? Or adults? What do you you want to play with as a Hot Wheels car? Uh, so there's been some pretty cool uh, builds, um, some completely bespoke, just somebody just in their garage just starts getting some some metal, some tubing, welders, and just do it that way and some start with a, an actual car. Um, I think uh, – I forgot which car won this weekend, but uh, yeah, it was good. Um, I think it was – maybe it was Buick. Maybe it was like a Riviera. It's like a lowrider Riviera. Um, good paint, good style, uh, good build. But if you guys heard uh, CarCast earlier this week, we had uh, Gail Banks on and the Lockjaw car uh, truck, 66 Chevy truck that they built for SEMA last year. They had it out there at the event and were competing for the Hot Wheels thing. And I, I kind of feel like Lockjaw would be a really good – cool toy to play with but i think i think as a hot wheels it's too small you'd want like a larger scale die cast that has a hood that can open and the bed can raise so you can really kind of see all of the details and stuff for it so that might be kind of a a a more interesting car as a larger scale piece 
Uh, it's kind of kind of what I was thinking. But um, anyway, cool cool event. If you guys uh, get a chance to go to the Hot Wheels, follow Hot Wheels on social media, or check out the Hot Wheels Legends event. They they tour around. Um, so see if you can find one uh, in in your area. It's it's worth going to, and if you do get a chance to go to SEMA, because you know SEMA, I think is doing a, a different thing. I think they open up the show to the public on Friday now, and they've got the uh, the the SEMA like car show thing. They take all the cars off the floor and bring it out to uh, to like the parking lot out front. They do a big parade. You can see the kind of the cars. But I remember last year there was a a, a bunch of people on Friday walking around with a. I don't know, different color pass, purple lanyards. And it was just uh tickets that were put out to the to the public. It's kind of a kind of a cool thing. I can understand that the exhibitors there were probably uh probably like a little frustrated because SEMA doesn't allow SEMA's a trade show, right? So your booth and your presentation is mostly for your retailers, for your dealers. Um, to do a public show, you would often build your booth maybe a little differently, a little bit more product-focused, maybe with something that you'd see at a good guys event instead of a SEMA event. So the intention is good, opening it up to the public, but I think the uh, the execution needs a little bit of work if they're going to be be doing that. But I really like, uh, I like the thought of... I'd love to see it be a commerce show at some point. I, I think they should have trade there but then eventually have people there and be able to walk around and buy parts or pre-order parts or something like that. Not necessarily like buy parts and take them home with you. They would have to carry too much in there, too much inventory. But just like walk around, talk to the people like we do at SEMA, find out what's new and then be like, great, I want to I order that new supercharger kit, those new autometer gauges or something. I think that would be a, a, a pretty interesting type of show. Um, you know, let's see. Uh, we got a new we got a new Mustang coming out. As we've uh, we we've heard um, the D- Detroit Auto Show this year is coming up in September. I guess we're going to probably see this at the LA Auto Show in November as well. But uh, you know, the current model, the current S five fifty platform. Uh, uh, Mustang. Um, the new one will be the S650, and uh, it'll be the seventh generation Mustang. And yeah, we're gonna get um, we're gonna get the, the gas engines one more time before we start getting into hybrids and EVs. Uh, I think we touched on this a little bit already. Probably some sort of carryover with the EcoBoost engines. Uh, I'm sure a Coyote V8. We'll see. I mean, the rumors are floating around going, hey, it's going to be almost 500 horsepower. But I kind of feel like we're almost there already. I'm not sure what they mean by almost. We've got, I don't know, 450 or 460 in the GT and 480 in the, in the Mach 1. Um, so maybe the GT probably is going to be somewhere around four, I don't know, four, 470 or 480. Um, but uh, uh, I think you probably see a carryover the 10-speed transmission as well, a couple of um, – design changes, a little nipping and tucking here and there, but it should be uh, pretty cool to see. And I would imagine that this platform is going to be open to uh, to potentially some sort of hybrid drivetrain at some point because this platform needs to last a little while. 
and uh, and maybe even an all-wheel drive uh, setup. Um, not sure if an all-wheel drive setup would be in the high horsepower configuration or maybe just in some sort of hybrid uh, uh, configuration, having uh, electric motors and a gas engine motor. Although I think we saw some early like patent drawings of a front engine rear wheel drive uh, Mustang, rear wheel drive from the gas engine, so conventional drive shaft and everything, but then some sort of electric motor mated to half shafts or that would go to the front wheels and like through the oil pan, like that kind of area by the like where a rack and pinion would be. Um, so that configuration could be kind of interesting as well. But uh, let's do this. Let's talk to Gordon McCall. We'll bring Gordon in and we'll find out what's uh, what's going on over there. Uh, hey, Gordon. How are you? Hey, Matt. I'm good. You look awfully lonely in that studio. I, I know. They they uh, they got the studio all built up nice. It's all new cameras and stuff in here. And then um, Adam uh, got called in to film something a couple days ago. And we're like, I was like, uh, I go, you know... <laughs> We get this. We get the email all the time. Like the schedule changes, like every day. We get the email. It goes. Uh, Chris sent me the email. He goes. Uh, Adam's got to film something on Wednesday. I go. Does he know Gordon McCall is going to be on the show? And he's like, Oh <laughs> shit! I forgot. <laughs> and uh, he goes, Let me let me check. And I talked to Adam. He's like, We got to film this thing. We can't get out of it. It's it's something kind of like got in it. real time. And. Uh, and Adam's like, you you got to do it. You got to talk to Gordon McCall. We got to find out what's going on. We've got so many questions, so we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, a few of that. So here we are. Cool. Um, you guys listening, you awesome. know the name. Uh, you've heard us talk about it a, a, a million times, and uh, had Gordon on uh, many times over the years. So Gordon runs a number of events during Monterey Car Week, outside of Monterey Car Week as well. So if we. If you guys don't know, he's got the Quail, a, a motorcycle gathering. In addition to, we always just say the Quail, but we always mean the the, the automotive event. Um, and then the Jet Center party. So I have some questions about that, and then I kind of want to step back and uh, and sure. get into kind of the beginning of things. I, I'm seeing all this stuff. The Jet Center event is like it's happening, but it's got a new name, and there's an auction going on, Broad Arrow, and like what? What's explain to us what's going on with the with the airport stuff? Because it seems to really have changed. Well, Matt, things have changed, uh, <laughs> and, and in a really good way, quite frankly. So, uh, my wife Molly and I started that event 30 years ago, actually 31 years ago now, and you know. Um, I, just honestly, McKeel Haggerty is an old friend. Uh, I've known McKeel for a long, long time, over 20 years. Uh, as you know, Haggerty has been on somewhat of a tear when it comes to the event world. They've acquired Amelia Island. They acquired the Greenwich Concours, the California Melee, um, you know, lots of car events. And with their whole goal of saving driving, I mean, that's kind of their, obviously they're an insurance company, but that's what their, that's what their interest is. And, you know, after 30 years, we thought, how long is long enough? <laughs> yeah you know, right and, and and so uh you know they came to us we just started talking about what we could do and sure enough they 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 stepped up and it's it's theirs now you know they've hired us back so we're we're still on board 
Um, they've changed the name to Motorlux, as you mentioned, and then they added a company they've invested in, the Broad Arrow Auction Group. Uh, years ago, I used to, when I was running the Christie's car department, I used to have a Christie's auction at the Jet Center in conjunction with our with our MotorWorks event. It was the following night, uh, Thursday night after our traditional Wednesday event. And I'm just happy to see they're doing it again. They're doing it with a lot of cars. I don't know if you've seen the lineup, Matt. I have, it's, yeah. It's, it's 90, 94 cars. And, you know, they've, they, they're just, they're carrying the torch forward is what is what they're doing you know um it's not like we ran out of gas or got tired of doing it it was just uh it's a long time to do anything and it's going to be fun to you know see it from a different angle now yeah well look you would do it for 31 years but now you're still doing it they bought the event from you and then they just hired you back to continue to run it so you're it seems like you're you're uh yeah well i i mean you're your daily job doesn't seem to change much, but maybe the stress level of, of getting that event done is, is reduced a little because it's a it's a big thing. Well, yeah, they are they're they're definitely running it. They have a huge team. It's actually been really flattering because they've uh, they've said all along, like, really, this was just you guys. Like, how did you <laughs> how did <laughs> yeah. you get this? It's complicated, uh, but it's in really good hands. They've got a great team on on. Uh, on deck and it's it's going really well it's going to be a fun year there so that's uh, in a nutshell that's what's going on with motor lux at the monterey jet center okay so motor lux that particular event is that already a sold out event can people still go to that event and and that's you still going to be wednesday night you can still buy tickets wednesday night yep you can still buy tickets for that event uh, the way they've kind of taken a page out of our playbook, which is to allow for different blocks of tickets to go out throughout the year. There are tickets available for Motorlux, and you can just catch them at motorlux.com. And that's still going to be Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yep. You know, we picked Wednesday night 30 years ago or 31 years ago, Matt, when people thought we were crazy. It's like Wednesday is crickets. There's nothing going on. Well, being local, uh, I kind of knew what was coming. And now Wednesday for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, Wednesday's kind of been in the middle of everything. So it's really a wonderful kickoff opportunity to get people together. And of course, tying the aviation in um, yeah. is, is key. You know, that makes it, uh, I, I had no idea when we innovated that concept that we were pioneering that concept of bringing aviation and automotive interests together. But it fits, it works. So for us, we always saw it as, as, the the launch event for the week we don't get a chance to go up to the prehistorics uh ahead of time we just don't it's it's tough to take off that much time you'd have to kind of plan like a a long kind of vacation week uh so we kind of do like half a week so um we actually go up we usually actually come in here wednesday morning uh Mm-hmm. For Monterey Car Week, do it one one more episode of of Carcast for the week, and then drive up to the event. Uh, oh yeah! And if we have time, we drop off our stuff at at uh, at the house, or we just go right to your to your event. And depending on the time, but that's kind of the start for us on Wednesday is to go right to the right. event, and then um, and then you know through Sunday and end it at Pebble, and then drive home. Uh, so so tell us about the auction. Broad Arrow, uh, we, we know some people that have gone over there and uh, yep. talking to us about the cars. It, it really looks fantastic. Mm. Uh, this is going to be at the same location, but Thursday night, or is it a different location? Yeah, so 
Exactly, Matt. So it's Thursday night. Uh, Wednesday will be utilized as a preview, which is which is something that we did in the old days with Christie's. Um, mm-hmm. But the previews actually start on Tuesday, uh, free to to anybody that wants to come by and preview the cars. It's free up until I believe three o'clock on Wednesday when you have to have a ticket to the Motorlux event, okay. which they'll utilize as as a as a preview as well, integrating it. What's really fun about the idea of having an auction there early in the week like that is that you're really catching people when they're fresh. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no hangovers yet. There's no sunburn. People still have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The checkbook is loaded up. They're full of energy <laughs> still. And, and, yeah, yeah. they've got energy. Yeah, they're not, they're not know, and, hungover and tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you've seen the lineup. I mean, they've got a wonderful lineup of diverse. I mean, it's, it's major over-the-top stuff, and it's uh, affordable stuff. So... I think they've done a wonderful job putting the uh, putting the selection together. And as you'd mentioned, it's a group of well-known specialists in mm-hmm. the auction arena that have joined together to form this company um, along with Haggerty. And uh, this is their inaugural sale. This is the first one they've done. So I, here we go. I, I think I I think they're doing it right. I think they're going with a bang. They're they're opening this thing pretty big. Like they've got a pretty good outreach. So I'm expecting it to do well. I think being able to to do the Wednesday night uh, event, the Jet Center event, as as part of the preview, I think is going to make a difference as well. I, I'm curious to see what if if we go back and look at the the data on this, how many mm-hmm. people show up Wednesday night and then try to get a a, a bidder's pass by by time Thursday night rolls around. So if I was uh, yeah. Broad Arrow, I'd be walking around with your Derv's tray and a bidder application <laughs> and, 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 and during that event to just go, uh, you know, hey, here you go, have a cocktail and have an application. Yeah. I'll get you a bidder pass for tomorrow. You know, let's uh, yeah, let's here's get a, you. Here's a credit application. That's tomorrow. right. Yeah, let's get you vetted right away. <laughs> My advice is Which show up. Did you get off of? Yeah. Yeah. Show up to the Jet Center party <laughs> with your accountant or your lawyer because uh, you're going to want to, you know, <laughs> matter of fact, just bring yeah. your financials with you <laughs> so you can get your, your application. Well, you know, the, the demo is, uh, is, is right on the money. You know, we've over the years, it's amazing to me, Matt, how many people, how many guests of, uh, of the event actually commit to either purchasing aircraft or upgrading their aircraft or yeah. signing up for a charter company. Um, you know, it's, uh, I've always argued and not very, not very hard argument that it's everybody's best customer that shows up there. You know, it's, it's, it's a great group of people, very like-minded, very enthusiastic. We all share the passion for, for cars and planes and motorcycles and Mm -hmm. stuff that moves us, you know? Yeah, it's worked. So I anticipate it'll continue to. All right. So tell us, um, so the quail, this is, this is the. Look, it's the greatest event at uh, at Monterey Car Week. It always has been, and we always look forward to it. Um, I, as you know, you've heard us say this before, um, of all the cars that Adam races, he literally picks the car to race based on the racing schedule so we can go to the quail. If there's racing during <laughs> the day on Friday, we're not bringing that car. So you got to bring something else. Yeah. Now, what usually happens is is we go out to the track Friday morning, there's either like a practice or a, or like a qualifying session, and then we wheels up and get there to the quail after, a little after it opens. We we get there. The right. timing's right. 
We get there just in time to catch the last few guys handing out champagne at the at the at the main entrance. Because if you're like a half hour too late, those guys are gone. They're totally out of champagne. You got to nail that guy. There's like the the guys that are there going, "Hey, welcome to the quail," and they stand there and they give you the champagne. That's the perfect time to show up. You don't want to be the first one. You're like ten minutes in, fifteen minutes in. That's the perfect timing for it. So. the quail event is – now, this is still your event. We said you also do the motorcycle event there. So when is the motorcycle event? What, what time of year is that? It's in May. And, and just, to, just to be clear, uh, so it's the Peninsula Hotels that owns these events. Um, right. And they're and run by the Peninsula Signature Events uh, Office uh, under the direction of Courtney Ferrenti. And they do, Matt, they do an amazing job. They're there year-round. It's an office full of very talented people. Both events are very complicated, but I have to say, and I think you would agree, uh, they're run spectacularly well. I'm the car guy and the bike guy. Now, granted, I, I'm the you know co-founder of these events. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea came out of my brain, um, and I make sure that there's a, a great diversity of of cars to look at. And in, in May, motorcycles. You know, we have yeah. 300 some odd motorcycles. Over 200 cars in August, and uh, diversity has always been the key behind that show. Uh, you never know yeah. what you're going to see. Sure. Uh, yep. So those of you guys that are listening, you're going to get to hear a little bit of noise in the background. That's because Gordon's at an airport, right? You're at the or you're at an airport. <laughs> yeah, I'm at uh, our Monterey Motorsport Park, which I developed a few years ago with some friends, and occasionally. Uh, we get an airplane or so Sometimes we're adjacent they, to the market. No, we can, I can hear it in the headphones uh, occasionally, just get a, a, an airplane or something. But uh, And I was suggested to wear headphones, but I don't have headphones for this computer. That's, that's all right. Uh, it's, it's fine. So uh, the theme this year for, for the quail, and I know there's a couple of things that are going on, but um, I know you kind of love the – the unexpected and some of the wacky. So there's always a little bit of that that you curate. But tell us what we yep. can expect to see at the Quail this year. Sure. Well, as I had mentioned, Matt, a uh, couple hundred cars, uh, 205 actually, 206 I think was our final count. Um, you know, we're allowing for room for people. Uh, you know, we picked that up last year after the whole pandemic nightmare of spreading things out and having maybe a little more room uh, between people. Um, although that is an event that's never been accused of being too crowded. Yeah. You know, it's a limited capacity event, uh, as you'd mentioned, but this year we're featuring, you know, it's the hundredth anniversary of Le Mans. And so virtually every event in the world is honoring a hundred years at Le Mans. The way we're doing it just to be a little different is we're focusing on Jaguar's involvement in Le Mans, which is pretty iconic between the C types, the D types, the, the GTP car. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of Jaguar history at Le Mans. So, We've put together a pretty fun group of Jaguars that, uh, you know, they've all not necessarily run at Le Mans, but they've run in the spirit of Le Mans. Uh, so we've got a great category of cars there. It's also the 50th anniversary of BMW's M division. And so, you know, that's been celebrated. I know Goodwood just did a huge celebration. Uh, we won't have cars on skewers in front of the mansion. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we've got some amazing uh, M Division BMWs coming. And then, you know, to keep it whimsical, which I think is important, um, we have to make sure there's no starch in the collars out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a real lifestyle event, uh, really centered and geared around the food and uh, beverage experience and hospitality experience that the Peninsula Hotels are so famous for. But we've got a category, and we're calling it All Things Mini. 
And that's just an incredible group of Mini Coopers. And I think we'd all agree, man, they're diverse. Pickup trucks, station wagons, yeah. rally cars. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, and they're pretty cool, actually. Yeah. They've got a pretty impressive power to weight ratio. <laughs> I mean, they won Monaco, Monaco Rally. You know, they're they're pretty impressive cars. So, uh, and then along with our traditional classes, you know, we've got pre-war sports and racing, sports and racing category, post-war, you know, the usual, uh, uh, you know, cast of uh, characters as far as unique cars will be there as well. Yeah, it's, uh, and then in addition to that, those are the cars that are, in the infield, if you will, and kind of showing off. But then some of the manufacturer displays, I, I guess that's what we're calling oh. them, right? Like some of the manufacturer displays are are there. And, and, and yeah, you know, we, Adam and I were talking about how, how Goodwood, the hill climb has sort of become the launch event for, for some new vehicles and prototype vehicles and, and, and things you've heard about you haven't seen yet. But instead of just launching yeah. it at an auto show under the lights indoors, they're running it up a hill, right? So, uh, right. but to be able to uh, to to say the quail, I think, is up there with that that experience. Uh, some of the the cars that are brought out there, um, I know that uh, we're on schedule to be uh, to be meeting with Gordon Murray. He's going to be out there with his T yeah. fifty, and I think the T thirty three. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Not not necessarily a guy who does a lot of interviews, but uh, uh, we're going to be able to sit down with him and, and chat with him a little bit. So uh, post Monterey Car Week, we should be coming home with a oh, Gordon great. Murray interview uh, that we're pretty excited about, and I can't wait to see that car. But I mean, all of the displays, um, uh, uh, Koenigsegg and Bentley and Lamborghini and Singer and and uh, Pagani and. It's just it's just an incredible um, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah just an incredible <laughs> gathering of, uh, of cars yeah. out there. Um, I think uh, I think it was last year we 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 chatted a few times with uh, with Christian von Koenigsegg. Now we had had him on the podcast. He zoomed in with us like you are here, and then we yep. we followed up with uh, with an in person video, and uh, it's just just a those are the type of of guys you you want to be able to to have a conversation with just just so fascinated uh, about their thought process everything from the engineering and the design but but just where they're thinking a year from now 10 years from now it's just like how they got influenced to 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 get to where they are it's just some really fascinating stories so uh oh i know and and i think the quail caters to that it gives us all the the, the people that can go the the ability to you know, spend a few minutes with with a lot of these people without being, as you said, limited by people. So you're not completely over, overwhelmed with you know a publicist going, yep. "All right, you're next." You get you know ninety seconds right. to you know to take a picture and say hi and ask two questions, get two punchline, two hits in there. Like you can you can take a exactly. few minutes and 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 talk to a few people and you can always like wander off and grab yourself some uh some food and wine and realize you're sitting at the table with Dario Franchini or Marino or yeah. somebody like that and be like hey I haven't seen you in a while that's it's goodwood or last year yeah. or whatever and uh it's uh it's a good place so, to connect with them as well uh, so true Matt. you know uh, to that point just briefly um you know i've always coined it as it's a place where you can finish a conversation that you start 
you know, and, and a lot of car shows are, are not like that. You kind of, you know, you, you feel like you're running through the day with ADD. You know, you're just kind of ricocheting. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. And I got to go over here. I got to go there. I got, you know, limited time, blah, blah, blah. Quail's very relaxed, very, uh, you know, on your pace. It's a lot to take in in a day. We have 19 unveilings going on this year. Yeah. So all those companies that you mentioned, in addition to a few more, and this this, this part always cracks me up, Matt. So you, you named off um, all of the exotics, you know, the uh, Pagani and Bugatti and Koenigsegg. And, you know, there's, always, there's yeah. individuals behind all these things. They're yeah, all fascinating sure. people. A lot of languages being spoken. And then you've got Texan John Hennessy right in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, sure. And he's launching his uh, his new version of uh, of his super hypercar, supercar, yeah, whatever. Yeah, his uh, Venom F5. Venom F5, exactly. He's he's debuting, I believe, the Roadster version of that, or the mm-hmm. it's a version of it. At any rate, um, and they're all people you can talk to, like you said, you know, and they're all happy to talk about. These are all huge thinkers. Oh yeah. my gosh, you know. Just huge thinkers, and they're all there, you know, very approachable. So speaking of that, let's back up a little bit. How do you get into doing this? So before, as you said, uh, 1992, you started this. It's been, I guess, going on 31 years. What what kind of led to this? What were you doing before you were creating these amazing events? So, you know, it's a, it's a good question, and I, I, I don't get asked it often because I've just been kind of synonymous in the motorcycle and car world my whole life. But I think being on the Monterey Peninsula, growing up on the Monterey Peninsula with Laguna Seca Raceway in our backyard, literally, had a lot to do with it. Um, I think also the times. You know, I look back at the 60s and think parents wouldn't drop their kid off at a racetrack and tell them to be back by dark. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I, I, I feel I'm somewhat of a product of that era, which is I was fairly free spirited. I was a responsible kid. I never gave my parents a reason to worry about me and I never got in trouble. Um, but I explored, you know, I was a big explorer. I spent a lot of time, unattended time at Laguna Seca, you mm-hmm. know, the Can-Am days, the Trans Am days. You know, I was a kid out there taking it all in. Uh, all of that, Matt, had an influence on me. It really did carve out who, who I've ended up being in this crazy car world. Um, I, you know, I can definitely put my finger on that. Um, I also came from, my mom was amazing. Um, lost her years ago, but just an amazing gal. Again, I, this might've been a generational thing. I was probably the best ashtray cleaner in the country <laughs> because her era was all about cocktail parties. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what adults did back then. They had cocktail parties, not even dinner parties per se. I mean, that happened occasionally, but it wasn't unusual to have 40 people in our house, you know, and I'm emptying ashtrays like crazy and, you know, taking cigarette butts out of the champagne flutes and all the rest <laughs> of this. I, I And my wife, Molly, too, she had a, her mom who's still with us uh, very much like that as well. You know, she's 90 something now and um, they were entertainers. And so being around people that appreciated the concept of, of socializing, not social climbing, but socializing. Um, it was important to them. And as kids, we absorbed all that. And so it was kind of a natural thing to find an excuse to bring people together because that's really what all of this comes down to is people. You know, we have a shared interest in equipment, machinery, but I think the interest goes way beyond that. You know, we all share a certain DNA in this passion we've got for cars and motorcycles and planes. 
You know, I, I, I love the story. I love the example. You basically, as a kid, grew up on the track and at cocktail parties, and then you took the two things, <laughs> right? You took automotive and socializing <laughs> in this environment. And then, and then it's funny because then you ended up creating the greatest cocktail party in the world, right? The quail event and, and the Jetsoner <laughs> events are like the two best cocktail parties. Now, you had to throw some food in at some point, all right? You had to throw some food throw in. Some food. Uh, but that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's it's funny actually to reminisce on that because, you know, we all uh, so often, and I think I've talked about this with you and Adam in the past, so often we get our interest in cars from a dad or, or a grandfather or, you know, the person that's out tinkering in the garage, right? Yeah. And that, that wasn't the case with me. You know, I lost my dad when I was eight. So it wasn't it wasn't my dad pushing me into an interest that he had. Uh, instead, it was a mom that that knew I loved things like corgi toys and building models, and she always made sure, come birthday or holidays, that you know there was a, a set of corgi toys under the Christmas tree or a, a Ravel model to build, mm-hmm. and that that really, you know, school was something I enjoyed. I was actually pretty good at it, but it wasn't the end result for me. You know, sports and cars were really what I carried about, cared, cared about the most. And I knew I had to get good grades in order to pursue both. So it, uh, it's worked out. You know, um, growing up as a kid around the racetrack, being so accessible to Laguna Seca, were, were there fantasies of being a racing car driver at some point? Maybe as a kid, but uh, what happened there? Yeah, no, absolutely. That fuse was literally, I was fascinated. You know, I'd look at race car drivers, the Mark Donahue's, the Jim Hall's, the Danny Holmes, all these guys that were John Morton, all the guys that were big back then. Mm -hmm. I looked at them and, you know, they were kind of larger than life figures to me. But at the same time, I realized these guys are just people. They're just people. Yeah. You know, they're just really good at what they do, but they're people. And so, you know, I started, my first car, as you know, was a 510, and I started autocrossing that car right away. You know, I was 16-year-old at Salinas Airport, which is where James Dean was heading in his 550 before he crashed and died. But uh, Salinas had really robust autocrossing, and so I started autocrossing at 16 years old, and that led to getting an SCCA license, and I was solo running. And, you know, with Sears Point and Laguna so close, um, why not do it, you know? Um, yeah. And now I've gotten back into it. You know, I'm, now I'm vintage racing. So, um yeah, and it's something, it is something, as I think Adam discovered, you know, you can pick it up later in life. It doesn't have to be something. I mean, you look at the world champions, they were all racing when they were three years old. You know, they were all in go-karts back then. Yeah. But, you know, you can you can be later in your life and, and go to a driving school, get the bug, and pick up a vintage car and go out and have some fun. You know, it's uh, it's pretty cool. When when did you realize that all of the cars that you were seeing at the track as a kid could turn into a business one day? What I mean by that is is like the collectability of these cars because you spent some time as a car specialist as well. We were talking about car auctions. You were at Christie's, I believe Bonham's, Barrett-Jackson. You had experience at all of these auction houses uh, many years ago. At some point, you have to realize, hey, as a kid, these Can-Am cars that were getting thrashed and and, and right. in some cases discarded, you're like, these are pretty special <laughs> now. They were they were special then, but yeah. for a different reason, right? Because people were winning and there was yeah. racing. And now it, you're, you're, you're kind of surrounded by these people that have acquired these cars for, in many cases, a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. Well, and you know, to that, uh, to that point, and it's a good one, Matt, 
I actually backed my way into it, quite frankly, okay. as far as that goes. I, I had a career in the restoration world, in the mechanical world. My formal training was mechanical. I had a Ferrari repair shop in Monterey for years. This was before I got into the auction world. That's actually how I was recruited by Christie's was through mm-hmm. my restoration shop. They thought, this guy knows a little something about it. Let's get him. Anyway, that's kind of a long story. But um, the appreciation that I had for those cars started with the mechanical appreciation. I will never forget seeing the Reynolds aluminum-sponsored McLarens that were running at Laguna in the late 60s and early 70s, just being fascinated by the aerodynamics, the wings. I mean, Jim Hall and that mm-hmm. whole chaparral with the adjustable wing. And I was fascinated from a mechanical angle. Then that evolved into, oh, these things are actually worth something. So, you know, I started buying and fixing up various, you know, cars of interest. And and that kind of led the way to wherever it is I've ended up. You know, it's it's all it's all related, you know. It's funny. I, I mean look, I mean you've then you've turned it into these incredible events, these incredible gatherings, but you know, we've been talking about Monterey Car Week, you know, for us, we've been talking about it, you know, 10, 12, 13 years. But, you know, like you said, you've been involved since, you know, 30 years ago. What was the landscape of of the quail and, you know, Laguna Seca, the Rolex Historics? Like, what did it what did it look like? I don't know, maybe 30 or 20 years ago versus, you know, the way it looks today. Well, I can tell you what it looked like 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm dating myself here, but, uh, you know, it's it, it, obviously you know, the races out at the Del Monte Forest are what started the whole thing. So it's racers that started this whole car week, technically. Uh, that evolved into the Pebble Beach Concours, which is, you know, obviously the the granddaddy of them all or whatever, you know, whatever term you'd like to use for mm-hmm. it. It is an amazing concourse. Um, they've evolved as far, I mean, without getting too into the weeds of a description, it's a business now. It's an industry now. And it wasn't back then. Right. It was 100% passion driven. Guys like Bill Hara didn't own the cars he owned because of what they were worth or what they were going to be worth. He owned them because he loved them and he built the museum because he loved the cars. Same can be said for people like J.B. Nethercutt. Uh, the people that were kind of leading the way in that in that world, uh, vintage racing. When I look back at Steve Earle's first vintage race, uh, back what it was referred to then as the historics at Laguna Seca, 1974 was the first year. George Dyer showed up with the family GTO behind a Ford station wagon on an open trailer. You know, a GTO was not a seventy million dollar car back then. You know, and yeah. I think if there's a difference, I'm not saying passion has gone away. It hasn't. It's still very much driven by that. But value is is a word that has come into play these last few years that can't be denied. The auction companies, just the fact that people look at these cars on the track and can't believe that someone's racing a Le Mans winning D-type Jaguar that's, you know, an eight-figure car, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, that's changed the most in yeah. my mind. Yeah, okay. But, you know, going from, let's say, passion or an enthusiast thing to a business – I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that was probably a necessity to keep all of this alive. You know, 
you know, seven thousand yep. dollar cars that become seventy million dollar cars. There has to be a business around it. You just can't be like a really awesome car guy and be around seventy million dollar cars. There's got to be an infrastructure yeah. that makes that happen. And and I, I mean, we want to make it fun. We want to make it accessible to to as many people as possible that want to experience this. And yep. I think Monterey Car Week how is it how it's evolved into a number of different events being at the track and the you know Pebble Beach and you know Quail and Jet Center and you know mm-hmm. the exotic shows and <laughs> yeah and you know some of the events are are limited on their attendance and tickets are hard to get to some are expensive but not everything is you know and no. and you're making a really good point, man. You know, you can really drive good. around town and see some really cool stuff. You can sit out front the Portola Hotel and see an amazing collection of cars from from RM. Like you can just fanboy yeah. out the gate there. Uh, I would always say, I think Adam would agree. I think he's been saying this for years. Is an inexpensive ticket and the time of your lifetime is go to the track, go to Laguna Seca. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, thirty five bucks, fifty bucks, whatever. Like save save for that go to the track and and see all of this because the track is everything is basically a pit pass you can walk around the paddock and see every single car on the track racing and then the the people working on them and i i think as long as the whole monterey car week is still accessible to everybody you know whether you have know somebody or you know limited funds i i think it's that now the business side that's a little tough is, you know, is the – all the hotels are booked and it's supply and demand and everything's very expensive. But there's some camping options and there's just some stay out of town, drive in to the track Saturday morning and then leave town Saturday night and don't even stay in town with the hotels and all that. I admit that that's a little tough to – financially, that's a tough pill to swallow. But <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point, Matt. And I think it boils down to you just have to plan. You know, if, if you plan far enough in a Head. Uh, you know, I've I've long believed the barrier of entry for the collectible car world is uh, is is somewhat of a I think with the media and all the auction reports and all the rest of it, there's a bit of a misnomer there that it's it's unattainable. You know, because all you have to do is look at Craigslist, mm-hmm. and you know, for not a lot of money, you can buy a car that needs a lot of help. But if you've got interest in learning, teaching yourself, learning from others, etc., you can get into it. Motorcycles, even more so. You know, you can buy a '60s Triumph Bonneville, and if if you want to and have the you know ability, you could restore that bike into something a lot better than what it was when you bought it for you know a thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah. But I think to your point. Camping, I think, is one of the best kept secrets. Laguna Seca has campsites. And for for not a lot of money, you can mm-hmm. take a campsite, show up, completely immerse yourself into Monterey Car Week, be there for everything. There, like you said, there's a lot of free events. There's uh, there's a lot going on if you just go to downtown anywhere. Carmel yeah. Pacific Grove, hooray, go to, go to downtown. You're going to see some fun stuff. You can do all of that on a shoestring. You know, what you can't really do on a shoestring anymore is vintage race a car. Yeah. I just went and bought gas. 510, 22 bucks a gallon for one twelve lettuce. <laughs> oh yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's all relative. And if you plan, you know, if you last minute it, you may have to stay in your car 
But if you plan, you can you can do Monterey Car Week on a shoestring. There's no doubt about it. And, yeah. and have a wonderful experience. Yep. All right. We're going to see you at the track on Saturday or yes, any time over the weekend, over the time during. Are you yeah. racing? I'm not racing. I'm racing in October. The 510 got accepted into the Velocity. Velocity, event. yes. So there's a big, there's a big B sedan group uh, running. I think 12 of the 32 cars are 510s. The rest are GTVs and BMWs. So I'm honored to be accepted, and that'll be the debut for me bringing my old race car back out on the track. That'll be exciting. I think we're going as well. I think we're bringing yeah. the different drummer 510 Good. for that same class. So. Uh, you get to go head to head with uh, with with Adam in that one, uh, but don't worry, oh, yeah, Troy yeah. Ormish is going to kick the shit out of everyone out there, so it's fine. <laughs> but uh, you'll have a great time out there, um, uh, Gordon. We've got to wrap it up, but thanks so much. I really okay. appreciate it. Uh, Motor Lux is the is the new event. You can get tickets to that. As we said, get tickets to uh, to the track as as well. Um, I'm sure you'll see uh, uh, Gordon at the track or you'll see him at the uh, Jet Center event, the Motorlux events. Um, definitely say hi. You can't miss him. He's the tallest guy there. And the quail on. And the quail. Let's see how the quail. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All month long, the biggest movies are streaming free on Pluto TV's Popcorn Summer Movies. Watch star-studded blockbusters like Titanic and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Or fall in love with charming rom-coms like Hitch and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. The best part? Pluto TV is 100% free. No credit cards, not even a sign-up. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies, TV shows, and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.